Welcome to the Hot Chicks Write Hot Books podcast with Jen Foster and Melanie Johnson, where authors give you their inside secret tips on how to be a successful best-selling author. Hi, and welcome to Hot Chicks Write Hot Books podcast. Man, we are so lucky today. We have Clint Arthur with us this morning, and he is phenomenal. He has written multiple books, like over 10 books. So he's a professional author. He's not just a guy who's just written one. He knows exactly how to tell you how to become an author and how to be successful. His uh, latest book is The uh, Breakthrough, Your... Um, Upper Limits, which tells you how to get on TV. He has had, I think, over with his clients and him, he's had over 2,000 TV appearances. So um, he's helped many people get on local TV and get interviews, along with himself having multiple interviews. He's going to give us his background and insights, and he's just going to rock it today. So pay attention, bring your notebook out, and take lots of notes. Clint, thanks for coming. Donald Trump and Oprah Winfrey and Martha Stewart would be very proud of you for that introduction. Very nicely done. And I'm really excited to be with you here today because, unfortunately, and I say that kind of jokingly but kind of not, unfortunately, I am an author. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm a, a, I'm, I'm a deep, I'm, I'm a writer, man, I'm a writer, and I've been a writer for a really long time, and one of the books that I have here is my original copy of this book called Angela's Ashes by Frank McCord. Have you ever read this book? Do you guys know about this book? Yeah. No. I don't okay. know about You do? Okay, yeah. this, this book won the Pulitzer Prize, and it's the true story of Frank McCord's impoverished childhood in Ireland, and it was produced as a major motion picture by a major director, uh, it, 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 I mean, it's the most beautiful piece of prose in the English language. And this was written by my creative writing teacher in high school, who I studied with in high school for two years, Frank McCourt. I mean, wow. even, even my dad knew who this guy was while he was still alive. Both of them probably were still alive. Like, I was talking to my dad. I'm like, did you hear about my, my creative writing teacher from high school, Frank McCourt? And he goes, Oh, you mean the Irish guy? I'm like, yeah, that guy. He's like, yeah, yeah, he's on TV everywhere. So he is the reason why I and so many of my contemporaries from high school all became writers. We were inspired by his, his ease of sto as a storyteller and his ability to convey ideas with words and, his, and just the, the power of storytelling and writing creatively to amuse and entertain people. So as a result of that, I have written more than 10 books, and the latest of which are kind of a series, uh, Break Through Your Upper Limits on TV and Break Through Your Fear of Public Speaking on local TV. So I'm excited to talk with your audience today. Well, tell us a little bit about your background and uh, where you went to school and how you got started and how your career took off. Okay, so where were you on December 31st, 1999? Were you getting Y2K money out of the ATM? Were you <laughs> partying with family and friends? I was driving a taxi that night in Los Angeles, California. And when it was all over, I went back to the little boat I was living on in Marina Del Rey this was the cheapest way to survive in Los Angeles. It was $282 a month all in, including parking, but there was no running water, hot water, toilet facilities, electricity, or heat on the boat. And I'm laying in my little bunk after the night is over, counting my money and shivering. And 
because it was cold on the boat, and I had all my clothes on, I was under my down comforter, and I had my little pile of fives and tens and twenties, $513 I made on New Year's Eve of the millennium for driving a taxi. And that's when I started crying because I was thinking back about my journey and how did I become a taxi driver on, on that night, that memorable night, when at that very at that moment, man, I was so terrified that I was never going to get out of being a taxi driver anymore. And how did that happen to me? Because as I said, I went to school and I studied with a Pulitzer Prize winning author who inspired me to become a great writer. Then I went to the Wharton Business School where I was inspired by another great author, that would be Donald Trump, number one multiple best-selling New York Times best-selling author. And uh, after I graduated from there, I then saw a movie called She's Gotta Have It by Spike Lee. Have you seen that film? No. Oh my God, that's a great date night movie, ladies. <laughs> All right, I'm putting it have it with Spike Lee. You will like that movie. Watch that with a date. So, All right, tell uh, us the name of it again so we have it, so everyone knows. She's got to have it. She's got to have it. All right. We're going to yeah, put it it's about, on the website. It's like a fake documentary about a nymphomaniac. And <laughs> Spike Lee wrote that movie. He, he co-starred in that movie. He produced it, made a bunch of money, became rich and famous from it. And he inspired me that that was what I wanted. I wanted to write and direct and produce and be a movie star. And so I moved to LA and started banging my head up against the brick wall of the Hollywood dream for more than a decade. In fact, by New Year's Eve of the millennium, I was entering my uh, 12th year of pursuing the Hollywood dream and my sixth year as a taxi driver. Yeah. And that's when I started crying because I realized at that point, one of the pledges in my fraternity where I was the pledge master was already a director at Goldman Sachs making millions on Wall Street and here I was trading my New Year's Eve of the Millennium for $513. And that night I swore I was never going to write again. That night I burned all my screenplays and books. I've written 30 screenplays and more than 10 books then. And I burned them all in the trash can and said wow. that's it. It's not worth it. I don't want to do it anymore. If being a writer put me behind the wheel of a cab and ruined my whole freaking life. Why am I doing this? And I quit writing and I dedicated myself to changing who I was and how I was going to show up in this world. And I did it with personal growth. I did every kind of personal growth work you could do. I walked on fire with Tony Robbins. I did Toltec wisdom studies with Don Miguel Ruiz. I did men's power circles and ceremonies. I did everything. And sure enough, as I changed on the inside, so did the outside circumstances in my life begin to change. I got out of taxi driving about a year later, and I got into the gourmet food industry. And sure enough, once I started making money in gourmet food, I met a beautiful woman. Her name is Allie, and we've been married now for almost 12 years. And luckily for me, she believed in me more than I even believed in myself. In fact, she inspired me to get into real estate. And I didn't know anything about real estate, so I bought more self-help stuff. I bought uh, Carlton Sheets. I bought Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And soon I was in – I bought a, a fix and flip. I bought a teardown. I bought vacant lots. By, by 2008, I was quite fat and happy on the money I had earned from real estate and gourmet food. And I was at a men's self-help campfire in September of 2008, and the shaman – points at me through the yellow and orange crackling flames of the fire and he goes, you don't know it yet, but you're already dead. 
And I said, what are you talking about, man? I'm the most successful guy on this team. Eight years ago, I was driving a cab. Now I'm a millionaire. I was living on a little boat. Now I live in a mansion. He goes, you're already dead. You just don't know it. No. And I didn't know what he was talking about. And I couldn't stop thinking about what he said. And, it, and I, I mean, for months, that's all I thought about. And it came to be New Year's Day of 2009. I woke up, poured a mimosa, pulled out a pen and a pad of paper to write my goals for the year as I had grown accustomed to doing when I became successful in business. Mm -hmm. And I asked myself a question inspired by that shaman. And the question is, if this was going to be the last year of my life, what would I want to accomplish? And I was blown away because I hadn't written a word in eight years because I had sworn off writing. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I wrote down on that list in 2009 was, I got to write my book about what I learned at the Wharton Business School that helped me to become successful as an entrepreneur. Because my daughter was 13 years old at that time. Mm -hmm. And believe me, she wanted to know nothing about business or anything I had learned in my life. She couldn't care less. All she was interested in was Marc Jacobs' purses and shoes at that time, <laughs> which was rather precocious of her, I would, I would say. But nonetheless, I wanted to preserve the wisdom that I had learned at Wharton for her. And in just a few short months, I had written this book, What They Teach You at the Wharton Business School, and I wrote it for my daughter. And to this day, a lot of people tell me they like to give it as a bar mitzvah present to kids getting confirmations or bar mitzvahs because it really it's intended for that audience. Yeah. And you know it was a real important lesson, um, I just want to touch back on this, that it wasn't really the writing. When you burned all your writings, it wasn't the writing, it was you, it was was inside of you. It was right. making you better. Um, that you had to become a better person and it was your mindset that really changed you. Mm -hmm. Very true. Very true. And uh you know, I still didn't have the mindset. I see, being a writer is one thing. Writing is the easy part. I'm sorry to say that the writing part is actually the easy part. You know, today all you need to do is uh, get a free conference calling line at freeconferencecalling.com and record your audio to speak into the phone or record a, a voice memo on your iPhone and have it transcribed. And that's a real nice way to write a quick book. I mean, in fact, in fact, this book right here, I dictated into my iPhone in five hours in a hotel room in New York City. Yeah. Mike, would, okay. it, be, would it be okay for us to include our YouTube Live transcribed into our book? Why not? All right. Thank you. Yeah. Why <laughs> it's not? It's so easy today. And, and this, book is, this book is like 100 and I can't see... It's like 150 pages long, and I, I wrote it in five hours. That's awesome. So That's it, amazing. You know, That's so encouraging to hear for other people to know. In five hours, you can have a whole book written. It's true, and it's really about stepping up, and you make a list of all of the things that you want to write down, and you just go down the list, and you talk about each thing that you want to talk about for a few minutes, 5, 10, 15 minutes, whatever, and then you send it out for transcription, you get it back, you edit it, and there you have a draft. Now, that's my favorite part. I mean, look, this is a, a show for writers. My favorite part is the writing because I love going into a, a room with nothing and coming out with a book. And I've done it many times, many, many, many times. And it's, it's an amazing feeling of accomplishment to know that you created something. The creation is always the best part. Then comes the hard part. The hard part is the marketing. And that's where I was faced with uh, in 2009. By the end of 2009, I had only sold 
eight copies of this book. And this is the book about what they teach you at the same business school that Donald Trump and all his kids went to. Yeah. I thought for sure the world would beat a path to my door for this book, but they didn't. So I spoke to Jack Canfield. Have you ever heard of him? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he has sold more books than anybody. Half a billion, with a B, copies of Chicken Soup for the Soul books have been sold by Jack Canfield. And I said, Jack, how do you do it? And he said, you got to do media. At that time, there were no podcasts. Right. At that time, there was only the old school media, radio, TV, magazines, newspapers. And he said, you gotta get on, you got to get on everything. So I called up a publicist in New York, and I said, I don't care what it costs. I want you to get me on the Today Show so I can promote my book. And she laughed at me. She said, that's hysterically funny, Clint. You're a middle-aged guy nobody's ever heard of. You got a self-published book nobody's ever bought. No TV experience. Why would they ever put you on the Today Show? That is never going to happen. You got to go on local TV. I said, all right. How much does it cost to get me on in New York or in LA? And when she stopped laughing at me the second time, Right. She said, I think I've got you figured out. You're not really a business author. You're really a comedian because that's the second hysterically funny thing you've said to me in 30 seconds. They're never going to put you on in L.A. or New York. You're a middle-aged guy nobody's ever heard of. you got a self-published book. Nobody ever even bought. No TV experience. They're not going to put you on in the number one and two markets in America. That's like the same as going on national TV practically. you got to go to little tiny cities. I said, what do you mean, like Salt Lake City? And she goes, exactly. That's what I mean. I yeah. said, all right, well, let's see you do that. A couple days later, I get an email from her. It says, I need your credit card number. I've booked you on TV in Salt Lake City, Utah, and that'll be $1,500, please. And if you want any more of these little shows, I'll book you on any city you want outside the top 10 markets for $1,500 a piece. So I went to Salt Lake City expecting to be awesome. Expecting that the next day the Today Show would call me because they would hear how great I was when in fact I actually sucked and it's a lucky thing I wasn't on the Today Show because I know I would have sucked worse if not actually peed my pants. <laughs> yeah. And so I from sucking to not sucking. So I called up the, this publicist and I said, uh, get me some more. I want to learn how to be good on TV. She goes, sure. How many more you want? I said, get me three more. I spent a total of $6,000 on my first four TV appearances in less than a month, and they all sucked. And I'm looking at them with my wife in the living room of our old house, and she goes, you really need to do a lot more TV if you're ever going to make it to the Today Show, because you suck. <laughs> I'm like... Tell me how you really feel, baby. <laughs> don't I said, hold back. Fine. Don't yeah, really. Don't really. Hold, thanks for holding back. So, yeah. so then I go, okay, I'm going to call this publicist and get her to book me on ten more. And she goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you have to keep paying this lady? Why don't you book yourself on these shows? So I tried booking myself the next morning, and this is what happens. You've reached WXYZ newsroom for breaking news. Press one. For news tips and story ideas, press 2. Now look, this is what they teach you at the oldest business school in the world. There's no breaking news in here. I still pressed 1 anyway, and I had many news producers and assignment editors slam the phone down in my ear. Yeah. This is for breaking news. This is important stuff. What are you doing? It took me months to figure out how you book yourself on TV. And the first place I booked was a little tiny show in Biloxi, Mississippi. Wow, that's little, baby. That's little. A little tiny show in Biloxi, Mississippi. 
And it was slow going. I booked seven shows my first year doing this, 20 more my second year. My 32nd television appearance was on NBC New York. And let me show you the book that I used to promote myself onto that show. That was this book, The President's Code, Common Traits of Uncommon Leaders. And all that existed when I got booked on the show was the cover. <laughs> I only had the cover. I didn't even have the book yet. I wrote the book only because they booked me on the show. Awesome. <laughs> no way. Yeah, way. And That's and you know most of it most of it is from the whitehouse.gov website. These are the biographies of the presidents. Awesome. Most of the book is that. Oh I only wrote this book to generate publicity and I'll be getting more of it this year with the presidential elections coming back or well, around. Let me ask you, when, um, when you got your first bookings that you called yourself, were you talking to the news director still? Were you talking to a special program that they had like a morning show that was like a softer show that you were on? So who was the key person that you were getting to? The producer who books the guests. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense, right? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and and really, you know, that's really all you need to do is like, you know, think about it. It's a sales call. Yeah. Getting on TV is a yeah. sale. What are you what are you selling? You're selling you as a product and what are you getting for it? You're not getting money. They don't pay you to go on TV. They give you something more valuable than money. They give you celebrity which is the most valuable commodity that any author could possibly get, especially if you want to write a biography or your memoirs. Nobody, uh, Unless you have the greatest prose in the English language and you're going to win the Pulitzer Prize because your writing is so beautiful, no one is going to buy your memoir right? unless you're famous. Mm -hmm. But so, like for you, they bought your knowledge, your insight, your expertise, which I think is really important. Yeah, eight people bought what they teach you at the Wharton Business School when I was nobody. Once I started becoming somebody, then people started buying this book. Once mm -hmm. I started going on local TV news and talk shows, and ultimately when I got to my 57th television appearance, and, I, and this is, look, there's a couple of things that I want everybody in this audience to understand, and that is television is not a get-rich-quick scheme. Even if you got on Good Morning America tomorrow, you probably would not have what it takes to get rich off that one appearance. Number one, you usually don't make a lot of money on a book. Now, if you self-publish on Amazon and they do some kind of a love letter segment about your book and how awesome it is and how it will cure cancer, then maybe people will go out and buy your book on Amazon and you can make some money. And I have. I've had months where I sold 27,000 copies of my book. Mm-hmm. And that book is That's awesome. That book is very, very modestly titled "The Greatest Book of All Time." But you have to write a book called "The Greatest Book of All Time" to sell twenty-seven thousand copies. And the reason look why at your, um, look at your book cover. I'm noticing this to, to show people the letter and the font that you use for time reminds me of Time Magazine. Yeah, I, I, I got that. Now I had this design created for me on 99designs.com. Nice. Oh, okay. that's, that's a great tip to make people know to go there for a book create, uh, creating your book cover. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you have to guide them. It's yeah. not like, you know, sometimes you'll do 99designs.com and, and all the entries will suck. Yeah. You have to really be able to guide them in the creation of your book cover. So, you know, you can, you can make money with your book. I've, I've made a lot of money with this book. 
I've made a lot of money with many of my books. However, the real money in books is from the credibility and the positioning it gives you as an expert in your topic and yeah. the ability to generate coaching revenues and consulting revenues as a result of that. To wit, to wit, I would like to bring up one in point, all right, and then I'll, then I'll shut up because I know I've been talking a lot. No, that's uh, good. You like that. This, this book right here, I went to a conference about a year and a half ago, and I went out to dinner with some guys from the conference. Now, you could say that those guys were prospects. They were potential customers. And, of course, I talked about my TV publicity training and how I teach people how to become celebrities by going on local TV. And no one enrolled that night, even though many times when I go out to dinner with people, by the end of the dinner, they will enroll in my $10,000 Celebrity Launchpad training program because it's such a compelling value, and I've had 100% success with my clients. But no one enrolled that night. The next morning, I got a text message from one of the guys from that dinner. And it said, can you meet me for, for breakfast in the coffee shop of the hotel? So I go down there, and he's got his iPad at the table with him. And I sit down at the table, and he goes, look, I'm reading your book. And it was this book. And 30 minutes later, he had enrolled in an $18,000 advanced coaching program with me. Awesome. Now that shows you the power of a book to mm -hmm. transform a prospect into a customer. Yeah. That's what you call credibility in the marketplace and uh, becoming an expert. It's a yeah. lot of things. It's a lot of things. You know, the book is a, is a way for you to put your voice into the person's mind. And yeah. you can manipulate their mind in a very powerful way if they're willing to commit to just allowing you to put your words into their mind like that. So it's a very powerful force. Yes. Yeah. Well, it gives you the credibility that you need to to have that platform so you can sell something like that. Well, and they can, uh, now would you say that that has propelled your business? Just by having your books, it's totally changed your business model and changed your business, doing consulting and things like that. Had you even thought about doing that when you wrote your books? I, I had not. I, I had no coaching pro, well, well, let me revise that. Uh, one of my books, see, the greatest book of all time is the product of a seminar. See, what happened was uh, when I said to myself, if this was going to be the last year of my life, what would I want to accomplish? That stepped up everything in my life, and it made me become a leader in my life. First of all, I had to decide that I was going to lead myself in a more aggressive and proactive way. I, I got back into writing again, and then... I, I was on the men's self-help team at that time, and I, I said to my wife, you know, I really should step up and be the leader of the team, but I'm afraid that I'm going to screw up and get fired and that this will become a, a black mark on my whole life, and that's why I think I should do it because I'm afraid because I believe that from what I learned with Tony Robbins when I was doing all my intense self-help, if you're afraid, you must. I believe that. So, because, and then the men's, in the men's divisions, we have a saying that fear unconfronted becomes doubt, and doubt kills the warrior, which is another way of saying, if you're afraid, you must. Mm -hmm. So, I, I stepped up and I got elected to be the leader of the men's team, and I said to the guys, listen guys, I'm living this year as if it's going to be the last year of my life, and I want every one of you to make a list of all the things you would want to do if this is going to be the last year of your life, and you're going to do it too. We're all going to do it together. And that year we all did it together. And it was so amazing that I said, I want to do this with the world. 
and I and I started promoting uh, this experience of living the last year of your life. And I did that the first year by doing conference calls. I got I got on some TV, I got on some radio, and I led about a hundred people around the world on conference calls of living that experience. And that experience became the greatest book of all time. And that's what this book is. It leads you through 52 weeks experience of every week you do a different challenge. Like week number 16, deepen your character. Week number 24, align yourself with your life's true purpose. Week number 28, flip a switch and create real courage to change. These are every week you get different exercises and videos to guide you through this process of living the last year of your life. And so the book came out of the seminar, nice. not the other way around. I love that. That's so inspiring. What a great book. And there's like tweetable moments in there, you know, uh, if you're afraid, you must. I just, I think that's phenomenal. And that for all of our listeners too, a lot of them are afraid of writing that book. They can't get past that hurdle. So that's great influence for them. And, um, and I love the other thing that live this year that it's your last year of your life. And so many people I think would write their book if they thought it was their last year to get, uh, to leave that legacy. Um, because part of being an author, like you've left your legacy in so many different ways through your book, for your children, for other people, of getting all the great things that you've learned through your life and you've passed it on to generations now by getting that out. And if you don't, you know, if you think of it through your last year, then you'll do it. You get amazing stuff by living as if it's the last year of your life. Uh, you know, I was doing it the third time and uh, we went on a great vacation. I mean, you get, when you're living the last year of your life, Watch how much better your vacations get. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's amazing. And we were on the vacation, and I saw this watch, and I couldn't stop thinking about this watch. That's how I got my Rolex watch. I said to my wife, I can't stop thinking about that freaking Rolex watch. And she goes, well, get it. It's the last year of your life. Hello. And I get a lot of pleasure out of this watch, way more than anybody gets out of an iWatch, I assure you. And, and the second thing I wanted to say about that was that, you know, uh, I ha I've had the great privilege of helping more than 400 authors, speakers, coaches, and entrepreneurs create celebrity for their personal brand and for their career mm -hmm. with local TV in the last three and a half years. And la I do a live coaching webinar every Wednesday night for my high-level clients where I say, all right, who was on TV this week? And we watch clips for two hours of my students on TV. My students are on TV every single week on ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox real news and talk shows. And last night, one of my students is this man named Ayinde. And if you're a fan of Millionaire Matchmaker, then he was probably your favorite bachelor on season three of that show. Or if you saw him on season five, you probably hated his guts because the editors made him look like a real jerk in season five. He happens to be a really nice guy. I can tell you for sure and for real. So does that and mean he's still single? What? I said, so does that mean he's still single? He, I, he is still single, yeah. He is still single. And he's a tech entrepreneur in Venice Beach, California. And I said, tell me, man, what has been your experience? I mean, you've done a lot of TV. What's been your experience thus far in, in this training program? And he goes, Clint, I'm, I'm at the risk of sounding like I'm kissing butt. I want to <laughs> say that your training program has probably saved my life. And I'm like, what? And he goes, I realized that because the editors made me look bad in season five, I stopped smiling because I didn't want people to recognize me. 
Oh man, that's so sad. Isn't it sad? And yeah. he goes, that's sad. And he goes because of your training, and, and I emphasize, like, I, I mean, I have a workbook that I give my students when they come to the $10,000 Celebrity Launchpad event, and I say, on many pages of that workbook, all it says is smile more, yeah. because smiling helps you to be more likable. Smiling makes you attract people more. Smiling makes you happier. Smiling makes your kids like you more. It's yeah. an amazing thing. It makes you like yourself more. Yeah. And it's my emphasis on smiling. And, and if you notice, when you watch national TV shows with guests who are experts or celebrities, very often they'll be smiling and laughing on these shows because that's what you have to do. And so it's my smiling and my emphasis on smiling that made such a big difference in this person's life. And that is so rewarding for me to hear that I'm changing people's lives in, on, their, on the personal side. Right? Or when I, when I hear that I'm helping them to be more in touch with their mission on this earth, you know, like they believe that they have a big mission. Like one of my clients is um, MJ Jenkins. Let's see if I have her book here. I'm sure I do. Uh, here's her book. I helped her with this book. In fact, my wife came up with the title Think No Pink. She's a breast cancer survivor. And she's like, you know, what I hate about breast cancer is pink, pink, pink. She goes, when I was going through my breast cancer ordeal, I just said, I'm not going to think about pink. I'm, I'm not even going to think of myself as a cancer patient. I'm a survivor. And that's her message. Think no pink. Don't let cancer overtake your life. You can rise above it. And, you know, this is, is a very important and powerful message. And, you know, she was on so many appearances last year and she'll continue to be on more appearances and it and it it, it just is such an impactful thing on people's lives when you have a real message and you want to get it out there nothing is more powerful for accomplishing that than TV yes all right give us three things you said marketing is the hardest part the writing is the easiest part give us three of your top tips for marketing your book okay so the number one tip for marketing your book is you gotta be somebody special and there's, no, there's no way to sell books unless you are somebody special. They have to think of you. Now, my, my mentor, Dan Kennedy, you know, I'm the GKIC Information Marketer of the Year. The K in that GKIC is Dan Kennedy. And yeah. Dan Kennedy says that if you're not whoing, then you are doing the wrong thing. Mm. Dan Kennedy's got so many best-selling books. I've bought mm -hmm. so many of his books. I bought one book. Like it's a collection of Dan Kennedy's advertisements that's he, that he's written over the last right. four years. It's a multi-binder set of his books that I paid $3,200 for. So that shows you the value of the written word and what it can be worth if it's marketed correctly. And he says if you're not whoing, you're doing the wrong thing. You must make yourself a more important who in the eyes of your customers and prospects, certainly if you want to sell books. Yeah. So that's number one. Number two, cover. Got to have a great cover. You got to have a great cover. I know they say you don't judge a book by its cover, but we do. Yeah. And you have to have a book that looks like it's a book. And what I do is I like to like like when I was coming up with the cover for the President's Code, I said I, I found like for those of you who are online right now, you can look at Seal Team Six. Look at the cover for SEAL Team 6. That's the true story of the team that killed um, uh, 
you know, the bad guy. Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Laden, right. So if you look at that cover, you'll notice it bears a striking resemblance to this cover. It's not identical, but it's inspired. That was the inspiration for this cover. That's why this cover got me on NBC New York, because it looks like the cover of a best-selling book. And it's a hugely important, very important thing. And then the third part is keep in mind that when you're writing a book, it really is not about, like, I have a saying, the marketing of what you do is 100 times more important than what you actually do. The, so you can transpose that and say the marketing of your book is 100 times more important than what's actually inside your book. Yeah. But you have to keep in mind that the book is a marketing tool in itself. And therefore, you have to put in the book all kinds of marketing devices. Your biography about this author in the book is a marketing tool. The <laughs> contact information that you put on the front page and on the back page of the book are marketing tools. <laughs> when, you put, when you have a book, you've got to put your website in the bottom left corner of the book so that when the cover is displayed on Amazon, they can see your website. Uh, you have to put, like, I like to put all kinds of QR codes and links on the inside of the book so that the people will click through or type in a link and go to my website because they want to get something. Giving away free stuff inside the book is a really good marketing tool because a lot of times, if you self-publish your book on Amazon with Kindle or CreateSpace, which is all I do, mm -hmm. I've been published by big publishers. I was published... You know, when I was a taxi driver, here's the saddest part of it all. Right before I became a taxi driver, my book was the big book of the summer for Penguin USA. We sold 80,000 copies of that book through Penguin USA, and I was a taxi wow, driver. That's huge. It is huge. And but I was a taxi driver. They get all the money. They <laughs> get all the money. So yeah. that's why I published through CreateSpace and Amazon.com. Yeah. Now, the problem with that is that you don't get the customers, you get the sales. And I, and I meet people who've bought my books, and they tell me I bought your book, but I don't have their contact information. It's the information that allows you to continue marketing to these people. So what you really want to do, you've probably heard it, is you want to use the book to generate people to go sign up for your email list on your website. Mm -hmm. Is that awesome. enough, enough tips there? Awesome. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Well, well, Clint, we saw you at an event. You spoke um, in San Diego a couple years back or a year back that we saw you. And we have a mutual friend that is a student of yours, and I've seen her go through the roof. Um, she's been on every local station. She's the expert balloon artist, Sandy Missouri. And she's yeah. awesome. And she even got to the Today Show, didn't she? I mean, she was amazing. And now she's doing YouTube, um, in the YouTube studio, producing all these great um, how-to balloon videos, and she's just doing phenomenal. And I know a lot of it is from what she learned at your, at your uh, instant local celebrity uh, camp. So, Sandy Missouri, this is one of the other things I love about what I do. Because the people who self-select into my community are special people. Mm -hmm. you got to have something special to self-select and say, I want to be a celebrity author. I, first of all, you got to be smart enough to understand that the smartest thing you can do for your career as an author is to become a celebrity. So that's really good. It took me a while to recruit Sandy Missouri into my community. She didn't believe in herself. Ah. When she came, when she came to Celebrity Launchpad, she actually came to the 
$10,000 event. We, were on a, we had her on a payment plan. Sure. It took her a long time to pay off that event. And she almost didn't come. She told me that her husband told her, you know, you're not going to get out of this what you expect. And she didn't. She got way more than she expected because I believe in over-delivering for every one of my clients. Yeah. Now, when she was at her event, at the same table as her was a doctor from Harvard University. There was the number one spy catcher and terrorist hunter from the Department of Defense. There was Hal Elrod, who has gone on to become a huge author with his best-selling book, The Miracle Morning. There was Lisa Sasevich, another huge name in the experts. Mm -hmm. All these Illuminati were at her event, and yet she was the one who got on more shows than anybody. Yeah. She was the one who made it to the Today Show in only three months. And I had the great good fortune of going with her as her coach because she ascended out of that event. She went into my advanced coaching program, and that included me coaching her live in the studio when she was cool. at the Today Show. And yeah. so, like and she did an excellent job. I, I watched it. It was awesome. Good job. And, 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 you know, look, I, can I brag here a little bit? Yeah, can go I? for it. When you're on one of these big shows, there is a lot of shit on your mind. There's a lot of things that you need to think about, especially when you've got all kinds of props and, and demonstrations like she does because she has to fill the studio with balloons, and she does such an incredible job every time. And it, it was a good thing I was there because, you know, every word out of her mouth for the first minute and the last 30 seconds of that two-and-a-half-minute experience that she had on the Today Show were words that I put in her mouth. Yeah. That we discussed and rehearsed and practiced and prepared for that event. And it's a lucky thing I was there because there's a lot of stuff on your mind and it's very, very helpful to have a coach. All the greatest athletes have coaches and the smartest actors and actresses have coaches. And when you're in showbiz, when you're on TV, you're not much different really than an actor or an actress except for the fact that you get to talk about your own area of expertise instead of just words that people put in your mouth. So the bottom line of it all is that I'm very grateful that I have a lot of new friends that I never had before three years ago. These are students who are authors, speakers, coaches, and entrepreneurs who've come through my training and who've gone on to become celebrities because the truth is, is that celebrities hang out with other celebrities, that when you become a celebrity, it's very like it, it changes you in the sense that you have a different perspective on the world and you look at things differently and you think about things differently than other people. And, uh, you know, they say it's lonely at the top. Well, you know, I'm not saying that we're better than anybody. I'm just saying that we're playing a different game. It just so happens that the celebrity game is the biggest game in the world. Kim Kardashian makes tons of money because she's a celebrity. George Clooney makes tons of money because he's a celebrity. You know, the people who are the top entrepreneurs in this world, if you, I mean, like him or hate him, Donald Trump makes more money than anybody, and he's the biggest celebrity in the world. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason he makes so much money, because he's the biggest celebrity in the world. So it, well, it's a really big... brand. They become a brand. Their, mm -hmm. their name is a brand. Right. Well, that is, that's the definition of celebrity. I mean, if you were an automobile, then your brand would be Mercedes, and if... If you, if you were to take a Mercedes and turn it into a person, instead of it ca being called a brand, it would be called a celebrity. Right. Okay? Now, with, with people, 
it's different than inanimate objects. We're, we're, we have personal brands, but an alternative name for personal brand, an alternative way to define your personal brand is with the word celebrity. How, how well-known are you? However well-known you are, that's how much money you're going to make. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be very spontaneous here because you've talked about this program that you have and how to be a coaching student of yours and to go through your $10,000 program. Uh, we didn't plan this at all, but maybe there is something special you can offer our listeners that we can put on our website um, that you can give us that they can click through and maybe become one of those $10,000 people as well as becoming an author. So think about that, and if you have something off the top of your head, that's great. If not, then we'll um, put something I on do. later and put it on there. I, I do. I really do. One of my students is the top headshot photographer in Hollywood, okay? And anybody who mentions this podcast, I'm going to, as a bonus, throw in a, a two-hour photography session. If you enroll in Celebrity Launchpad, I will throw in a two-hour photography session with this top headshot photographer in Hollywood and his name is David Laporte he shot all kinds of people he shot um, uh, uh, he has shot uh, just a million different celebrities let me pull up his like I, I'm just spacing on his name on his on the names of the celebrities that he shot but mm -hmm. I have his segment proposal right here and I'll pull it up and I'll tell you who are some of the celebrities he shot and so they can go to CelebrityLaunchpad.com? Yeah, well, go to ClintArthur.tv, and then you okay. can see everything that I do, okay? okay. However... We'll put, our, um, if, we'll put it directly on our site as well and post it at the end of the podcast so they can do something. They can click right through and uh, purchase something with you. Yeah, yeah go to ClintArthur.tv. But, I mean, he has shot uh, Jackie Chan and Jack, Jack Palance, and um, uh, who's the model with the mole right here? Cindy Crawford. Uh, Crawford and Vanessa Williams and uh, Kirsten Dunst. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you go to his website, you'll see all the many celebrities that he shot, and he's amazing. And he was taking pictures of students at the last Celebrity Launchpad, and they were amazing students, amazing headshots. And I and I I offer this as a bonus because I know how valuable a headshot is. And this is another another really great tip for an author: don't skimp on your headshots. A great headshot makes all the difference in the world. And if you have the right headshot, you can put it on your book cover. Mm -hmm. okay? If you here's another um, if you have if you have the right headshot, you can use it like this one I pulled off of one of my TV appearances. Yeah, that looks nice. Right? Great shot. I, I mean a great headshot can make a difference in your whole career. And yeah. that's why it, it will certainly make a difference in how many TV appearances you get booked on. And that's why I'm happy to offer this headshot session as a bonus to anybody in the Hot Chicks audience, okay? All right. Great. The Hot Chicks that's audience a, for our hot uh, author, hot male author. Yeah. Yeah. That's a wonderful bonus. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's awesome. You've been incredible. You gave us so many wonderful tips, I, a lot of tweetable moments, a lot of things that we're going to um, put your quotes down on our website because it was just phenomenal. I think everybody learned a lot. Um, thank you so, so much. We're going to post your uh, link and your offer on our website. And uh, we want to tell you that we're going to also have our offer coming up pretty soon. We had a phenomenal event down in the Dominican Republic. 
and we're launching our first two authors out of the uh, gate that are coming up, and we look forward to seeing their books as well. Mm -hmm. So um, thanks, Clint. We appreciate you. Um, can't tell you how much we enjoyed having you. Yeah. It's been my pleasure. I look forward to seeing lots of your people coming through. Please go to clintarthur.tv. That's Clint, like Clint Eastwood, Arthur like the king, .tv, like I am looking forward to seeing you on television. <laughs> awesome. And we, we hope to see you all, too. And if you want to learn more about our retreats, our next one is in October. You can go to bookwritingretreats.com or hotchickswritehotbooks.com. We'll see you then. Thanks very much. Awesome. For more information, you can visit our website at hotchickswritehotbooks.com or you can text your name and email address to 832-572-5285.